0: Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, hey, welcome back to this episode of I Date Money. You have two certified Profit First professionals in the house. If you're not implementing Profit First, where are you? What are you doing? You you need to read the book at least, right? Um, But today we have Shannon with us. She is a profit coach and business consultant for wellness businesses and has been working in the accounting and bookkeeping industry since 2003 a Profit First certified professional helping business owners find the profit in their business so they can thrive. When she's not meeting with entrepreneurs or assessing their businesses, she enjoys time with her husband and two children, serving in their community, playing and watching sports, marveling at nature, or reading a good book. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing this space with us. So what's your favorite book that you've ever read that has to do with money?
1: Oh, that has to do with money. I mean, (laughs) well, Profit First is like the easy answer. um, But honestly, Profit First is probably the one that has changed my life the most. And it was most impactful and easiest to read. So I really would say Profit First.
0: Yeah, it's fun. I love how Mike weaves in his own personality in all of his books. And you could just, you know, you're like right there with him. My favorite book for money was The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm -hmm. Have you ever read that one? I have. It's been a long time, but yes, I've read it. I make a commitment to read it every quarter and have since 1994. Mm -hmm. One of my clients had given it to me and and said, hey, if I read this when I was your age, I would have been a trillionaire because read it and implement it. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And it's just such a great concept. And when I came across Profit First, my VA had actually told me about it. And I was just like, yeah, I'll read it. I love reading books. And I was like, wow, this is really so similar to my money multiplier system. I had to jump in and, and find more about it, you know, because I was working solely with personal expenses. Mm-hmm. And when you think about entrepreneurs, a lot of them co-mingle their business and their personal. And I know we're shaking our head going, oh, no, stop it. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Especially, you know, like for tax purposes, just aside. So in your own personal journey before you, you know, you've been in the industry since 2003, became profit first 2014, I believe. Yep. What was life for you like before you got into financials? And what was your drive to want to work with people doing this, helping them with their money?
1: Mm, before finances in the in the very beginning. So um, my mom will tell you that I knew I wanted to be in finances when I was like a sophomore in high school. Uh, I knew pretty early and, you know, it's taken me quite a while to reflect on that and really figure out why that was. Um, but the fact of the matter is my money story growing up with my parents was was not a happy, abundant, fulfilling one. It was actually really stressful. Um, and I really have come to the belief that I wanted to help people change that for themselves and have a better relationship. And not only for themselves, but I I really think a lot about the secondary impact that when we work with business owners, all the people around them that have less stress in their lives because a business owner has a good money story or a good m- handle on their money. And so, especially their children, right? Because I was a child <laughs> living in a household where money was just always a stressful conversation um, and led me to a lot of beliefs that I've had to do a lot of healing work around <laughs> since then. Um, but that was the one thing that I was like, you know, if I can help business owners. Well, I think in general, at first it was anybody. I didn't understand the difference when I was 16. Um, but if I can help people have a good money story, then their children won't have to deal with the stress and crap of just yeah. money arguments so, all the time.
0: I always like to say it's a generational curse because we all learn from our ancestors, you know, it's passed on generation to generation and we don't get taught finances. We we catch them, Right. What is your um what is one thing that you caught from your ancestors when it comes to money and managing money?
1: Yeah. So it's funny that you say that because it's actually, I know comes from my grandparents, but they were all about simple living and doing with as less as possible, as little as possible. And they hoarded money. Um, I remember like within years of my grandma, I mean, she was 90 some years old and she wouldn't buy a newspaper for herself, an annual subscription. So that was her Christmas gift from her grandchildren was, you know, and, and, I mean, that was within the last 10 years. And I just was always like, why? And she wanted to have an inheritance to give to her children. And I thought, but at what expense to yourself? And so that's definitely one that I've had to do a lot of work around. Like I can enjoy things now and I can have money now and have that safety net and lots of things that I caught from that for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I have seven archetypes on my website called the money dating game and Harry the hoarder is one of them. And I'm surprised at how many of my clients claim him as their own. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like they go through the experience to choose who they want to partner with and Ian the investor and Maverick the moneymaker are always really popular. But when they identify with their own personality, like the, the one who's doing the driver is Harry the hoarder. And I think that the past generations just because of the depression and and what they experienced with the wars you know, they held on tightly to things and very sentimental because it could be wiped out so quickly, you know, so being a hoarder is not all bad, <laughs> you know, but well, there's something you know, to be said for having a cushion, right. Exactly. To land on
1: when things aren't perfect. Exactly. Um,
0: but being able yeah. to enjoy the money that you do have, like, you know, Hey, if you want a subscription to a newspaper magazine or what have you, I tend to be more like, sell the spender. I love to spend money. So, you know, let's, let's have experiences. Let's, let's go buy things for others and all of that. What's your favorite way to spend your money?
1: Oh, my favorite way travel hundred percent. We would save up and travel. I mean, just everything, if we could not live in this house. (laughs) Um, And actually it's a, it's a near-term goal of ours to be digital nomads. And um, my husband just came home from his nine-to-five W-2 job earlier this year, and so we are getting closer and closer to that possibility. I do, one of my children is a junior in high school, so we're kind of waiting for them to graduate, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's so much out there in the world to see, and I could spend a lot of money.
0: It's <laughs> yeah. <money> <laughs> the first place on your bucket list to visit?
1: Um, I would guess one of the first places we will go is Alaska. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They had a great cruise, uh, riverland cruise. A lot of my friends have been on. They absolutely yeah. loved it. They took the train ride and all that. I'm like, I'm now, I don't want to be anywhere cold. I know if you go like June or July, it's a little yeah. bit warm, but the <laughs> so beautiful, but it's my husband wants to go and I'm like, um, that's down the bottom of our bucket list. We got Europe coming up in, uh, in June. So we're doing Budapest to Amsterdam or no Amsterdam to Budapest. Yeah, getting that order. So it'll be our first overseas, you know, well, you know, we've been to, been to the other countries, but not in Europe. We've never been over that way. So it'll be wonderful. And and be able to set those goals and plan for that. You know, I like to call them money buckets. A lot of people are confused. Like what's the money bucket? It's like, it's money you specifically set aside for something that you desire you know, and, and you can have a money bucket for things that you need, like your four walls. So working with with health and um, wellness professionals, entrepreneurs, what do you find to be the common thread that they choose not to do in their business operating expenses, back-end financials, all that? Um,
1: deal with it at all. Honestly, a lot of them just don't deal with it at all, kind of stick their head in the sand. Um, but beyond that, I think a lot of them have this thought process that they won't they can't charge what they're worth for their services because they are they want to give it away they want everybody to have their services and and yeah the 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 charging what they're worth and paying themselves then so um sometimes I don't actually I don't think there's anybody charging what they're worth Um, they are eventually but when they come to us not charging what they're worth and then not wanting to pay themselves for Mm -hmm. that service that they're providing.
0: Yeah, so many don't want to take that owner's comp. And it's like, why don't you want to pay yourself? If you go to nine to five, you get a paycheck, you get to, you get the reward. And then yeah. the bonus part, you know, the, the, the quarterly bonus, and they yeah. want to put it right back into their business. What are yeah. some of the reasons that they want to put it back into their business?
1: Well, and I tell people all the time too, like you stress out over making payroll for other people. So why is it important to pay them, but not yourself? Like that Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. You're providing, maybe you're not providing the service anymore in your business, but you are leading the business that is allowing other people to come in and provide that service. So you should absolutely be paid for that. So I would say those are some of the biggest operating expenses we see is payroll is, almost always out of control people wanting to hire other people um, to provide the service probably before they're really ready to Mm -hmm. bring on those other people and then rent and marketing and thinking that um, how much more marketing money can I spend it throw at something so that the revenue will increase so that I can generate the profit and sometimes I'm like
0: you know what you don't
1: need to throw any more marketing you just need to be conscious of where you're spending money other places
0: yeah. Well, and that drive to want to get that gross revenue up so that they can, you know, net a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs want to make twenty thousand dollars a month net profit. And, you know, but they don't understand what they have to do to get there. And then they're like, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <I can't laughs> and they go through a mental <laughs> Yeah, they go through a mental breakdown and then their body is physically reacting and they're sick and then they're in their bed for days and it's like, um, I can't do anything. Well, it's because you're not in alignment here, yeah. <laughs> you know. What was the reason why you chose to work with health and fitness professionals? Yeah. So again,
1: it kind of goes back to that secondary impact. The business owners also impact their clients. And um, my family also was not very physically healthy and still isn't. And I also understand that in order for that to change, for society to have a better physical health, we have to have people who are going to educate us and help us in that process And in order to be able to do that, they have to be profitable, right? Like, that's what I tell clients all the time. I'm like, yes, you are providing an extremely valuable service. And if you want to do that, as long as you possibly can, physically, mentally, you have to financially be taking care of yourself and your business and not going into debt, not burning out and all of that. So it's kind of that full circle, you know, pay attention, take care of your finances so that you can continue to help people as long as you really want to.
0: Yeah, it's all tied in together. Like, you know, as. As, you know, financial, um, as people in the financial industry would say, take care of your wealth, your health, and your relationships will follow. (laughs) But if we were fitness coaches, it would be take care of your health and your wealth and your relationships would follow. And a relationship coach would say, well, take care of your relationship and wealth. (laughs) (laughs) But it all goes full circle and ties in. We need to have that balance and take care of our whole being, you know, and it's so important to, you know, I, I always like to tell my clients, you are your business, but your business shouldn't consume you, and we want to keep things separate. What, in your experience, has been the pull for clients to commingle their business and personal finances? Uh, I would say, honestly,
1: most of the time, just lack of knowledge and that, um, that knee-jerk reaction, right? Like, I need money, and here's where it is, so I'm going to spend it, rather than taking, you know, maybe a day to transfer the money from your business into your personal and take care of it that way. It's they're, they're always in reactionary mode um, and, and not really able to, sometimes literally not able to wait a day, um, but not planning for those expenses and paying attention to where the money is and where the money needs to be and just doing what's easiest instead of thinking through long-term results, long-term
0: consequences. Exactly. And it's so simple, yet everyone misses it. <laughs> <It's> simple. <laughs> <laughs> especially if they're at the same bank, which I don't always recommend
1: you have your business and your personal, even at the same bank. I actually think you should have them at separate banks most of the time. But a lot of our clients do have them at the same bank. And I'm like, literally, it takes you 30 seconds to log in your bank account and transfer the money and then send it from the right debit card. Let's just do
0: it. <laughs> right. I, I like to set up um, individual accounts. So we've been doing money. I, you know, remember the money envelope system way back yeah. when my grandparents got up. With it. it's like Yeah, it's what I grew up with. So when I, you know, when they when I was older, I started doing the bank. So like, you know, the envelopes became bank accounts and I had bank accounts everywhere. And then when I realized banks like Novo and Relay and SoFi actually had money buckets, I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. But then I still get hooked up on the interest because, you know, you can get a non-business savings account and get like four and a half percent interest, but the business accounts don't let you do it. And I look at it, it's like, okay, you know, do I want to be responsible for this interest on my personal account or, you know, my federal tax return, like the taxes and the things that becomes a challenge. Right. And it's like, when it all comes down to it, like we're, does it make sense? Cause if it doesn't make sense, then we shouldn't be doing it. And really looking at those numbers and projecting and saying, um, this is, um, what we get to do with our money and how we get to multiply it and grow it. When you think about, um, your own personal journey, implementing Profit First yourself, you get your quarterly profit. What's your favorite thing to do with it? Um, save it so I can travel. <laughs>
1: um, I mean, there's not been a quarterly profit distribution yet that we've used 100% for a a trip. Um, but we've saved usually a couple and then taken a trip. I've also just done fun things like taking my kids out for ice cream. I, I implemented Profit First like September 10th. 2014. And then the end of September was, you know, the first quarterly profit distribution. And it was not much. But um, I do just like I do like to do things with our family, um, whether it's dinner or like, the vacations, whatever. Um, I think it's important for and this probably goes back to my history with money. But I think it's important for kids to see how I relate to money and how like, and I tell them like, this is the business paying for this so that then they kind of understand, have a little bit more buy in when I don't work a lot of evenings, but every once in a while or for, you know, seasons of life when something in the business is going crazy and I need to work evenings, like it's a little bit easier to say, hey, I have to work evenings tonight. It's going to, you know, they get the benefit still of the vacation or dinner or whatever it is. So yeah, it's almost always family related for sure.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it's nice for them to see, like, we get to manage our money in a way where it flows smoothly, we get to enjoy it, but yet our needs and our wants are still taken care of. And that's so important. And when you think about your own upbringing, would you say that when you were growing up that you weren't, did you feel like you were deprived in any way or like you were ever told no? You know, it's interesting. I don't feel like I was ever told no, but I also
1: um, inherited this belief or this um yeah I probably believe I didn't I didn't ask for things and I still have trouble asking for things now because of that like that's still part of the healing journey that I'm on um I didn't want to cause the stress and the tension so I just myself would say I'm not gonna ask that way they don't argue over where we're gonna spend money so I don't think they said no but I internally said no to myself quite a bit actually
0: yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's that is so powerful because a lot of times we deprive ourselves, especially as moms. Like, no, I don't, I don't deserve that. I'm not going to invest in myself. And you know, I know coaches need coaches, right? So when we yeah. look, you know, the more we get involved in investing in our own business, you know, the more support we need. And it's like, oh, and am I worth this investment? Can I do this? And it's like one of the last things that we'll want to do. But coaches see our blind spots. So when you yeah. think about the blind spots, what's your, what's your biggest blind spot in your personal, exp- your personal finances?
1: Um, in personal finances? Yeah. Um... <laughs> We are still, uh, we're still behind where we would like to be as far as investing goes. And I think that's the one thing that like, you know, you asked where would I like to spend my money and where do I know I should be spending my money, right? That's kind of the blind spot. And so we we often will prioritize the travel and the vacation and things like that over the investing and the retirement. And that's the the one thing that we're still working on. Um, and, again, my husband left his W-2 this, this year, so that's been a huge adjustment like there's no more going into his retirement there so making sure the business is pulling that out. Um, it's picking up that slack has definitely been kind of brought to light recently
0: so it's a recent um, blind spot for sure. Yeah. One of my favorite ways, but I mean, I've been in insurance and finance since 1987 and working with thousands of people with their future, with their exit plan, right? You know, I retired from a social security administration after a 30 year career and I'd have business owners and it didn't matter how much, you know, their, their profit margin was, they were always worried about their future. Like, do I have enough to retire? Or how much do I get from social security? It's like, well, are you paying your taxes? <laughs> a lot of them didn't pay their taxes. So There's they're like, all I'm getting, <laughs> well, this is all you put in. To it, yeah. <laughs> you get in what you take out. But uh, one of the best things that came around was the Roth IRA, and I always tell everyone, if you if you have the minimum to invest, please go into a Roth IRA. It is your best option, you know. Yeah. My husband and I, like you know, I'm on a mission to help one million women become millionaires. And uh, I was like looking, I'm like, oh, when did I become a millionaire? What was the year? And it was like mm-hmm. 2019, I hit that millionaire status. And I thought, oh, wow. You know, and I, I probably started in 1992, mm-hmm. putting away money. And I mean, I enjoyed my money too. And I was very conservative. And, you know, and I look back now, I'm more aggressive. And it's like, Oh, I need to be more moderate. I'm getting older, you know. I'm getting <laughs> closer to <laughs> closer to, you know, 60 than I am 40. I should start thinking about this. But it's fun to take that risk and to watch your money grow when you choose investments that really help you. Um and that's what I love about the systems that we have in place with profit first because you get to you get to play with that and like, you know, you you set aside a percentage. And it, because it's a percentage, it doesn't matter how much the dollar amount is, but then really connecting with yourself and saying like, this is what I'm comfortable doing. And, you know, and it's really, so I always tell people like, if you want to play with the stock, what do you, do you go to Starbucks all the time? Probably should buy some stock in Starbucks. (laughs) (laughs) You own Apple products, go get some Apple products, you know, but there's so many shows on, on TV now on the radio and all that, that talk about the money. And, you know, they say in America, 70% of Americans are in debt and the debt is like trillions of dollars. Yeah. You know, I know we're all on a mission to eradicate entrepreneurial debt. How are you helping with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the one of the things I love about Profit First is that when you take that profit distribution, you get to celebrate and pay off debt. And I tell my clients, like, we want to take those little celebrations all the time because that, that's really important. I'm not about depriving yourself, as we talked about, until, until you can finally make it and take that big thing. Um, but at the same time, like, the first major celebration is paying off that debt, right? And so... Um, getting your expenses under control so that we're not accruing debt. Like We have to stop that first. And then, you know, making sure that those profit distributions are going to paying off debt, whether that's business or personal, um, both, you know. And, you know, I like what you said too about percentages and the way I've started to approach even my profit distribution is a certain percentage of that is going to vacation. A certain percentage of that is going to retirement. You know, like those two big things that, we just don't you know we put a little bit of every paycheck aside for those things as well but that's the way to like super fund it right that's the same way with your debt the way to like super make super fast progress is using those profit distributions yeah and then man once you're out of debt and you get all that all of a sudden that's that's huge celebration time <laughs> that's a lot of fun when you don't it have is. to do that anymore
0: it is and if you can you know if, if we think about our spending patterns if we spent as much time focusing on how much money we spend as we do paying down debt, then we're going to be like, wow, wow, I can't wait to get this debt paid off. But so many are in this cycle of, we'll pay off this debt. And then, oh, I used all my cash to pay off the debt. Oh, and I have a balance on there. Let me rack the debt back up again. It's like, no, stop, stop that cycle. If you truly want to be out of debt, we need to pay off the debt and stop using the credit. And why are we using it? Like driving that. Our subconscious and saying, okay, what is the purpose of this purchase? And then really making a decision. And, and I always tell everyone, when you have to get the full picture, you can't just focus on, you know, just the profit, just the income, just the operating expenses. You gotta look at the whole picture. You know, it's like when you go on vacation, you're not gonna just start driving or, you know, you need to know your destination. You need to know what to bring. You need to know, um, you know, are you gonna do excursions? Are you gonna, you know, whose house you're staying at? Are you running an Airbnb? There's so many details. And I think when it comes to our finances, we miss out on the details and then we miss out on, all the profit. And then we think, why am I in this hole? Why am I in this hole? So,
1: so it's like you said, you know, it's so defeating because we see this with clients all the time. They pay off debt and I kid you not, I don't know what it is, but you know, within three months, the HVAC goes out or they're building floods and all of a sudden they're right back in debt. So yeah, just paying attention to all the things that could happen and not spending all your cash to get out of debt. Like you might take a little bit longer to get out of debt, but again, the safety that you feel knowing that when something happens right after you pay off debt, you're still not back in debt. You've still got the cash to take care of those situations.
0: Um, That's why it's so important to build up that emergency fund. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> seven fund. So when the HVAC goes, you have it covered and yeah. money loves it when you do that because money loves to be crushed on it. It's not a number. It wants to be, it wants the red carpet rolled out and it wants to be like, Hey, yeah, you're doing fantastic things. When I was little, one of the things my mom used to say is money goes where money is. And I was like five, I'd be like, I want to go. I want money to be where I am. How do I do this? <laughs> you know, and that was like my drive was like, okay, how, how does money come to me? And I surrounded myself with people who were wealthy, and I did things that you know were were wealthy and all. And of course, I had hiccups. I mean, I went bankrupt at twenty two and got into debt at forty due to emotional baggage. And but but implemented the plan, like came back to reality and said, okay, what what am I? Meant. It's almost like you're being hypnotized, right? I was talking to I interviewed a hypnosis on my show and they're explaining like what it means to be hypnotized. And I, I thought it was completely different. But it's all like it's like you're in a trance and we go through hypnosis the way it was explained to me throughout the day. So like anytime like where you're zoning and mm-hmm. I do this, my family calls me out on this every single night at dinner. At dinner time I zone out. And they're like, "Hello, where are you, Lisa?" And I'm like, "I have no idea where I was, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I do." And then when they when they get my attention, I'm like, "Oh yeah, where did I go?" And that's just that that's I like to call it the state of being in the moment of now, right? You're just not thinking about anything, and you're just kind of like in this trance. And we get <clears throat> that's what happens when we're working with our finances. We go through this trance, and it's like, "No, stop!" Yeah. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. So, in your experience. When you look at your financials, when you look at your finances, what is the most, the best thing that you're proud of? Like if you could say something to, if your younger self could say something to your future self about the way you're managing finances, what would they say to you?
1: Yeah. So um, part of the reason I, Implemented profit first as gun ho as I did in 2014 is in 2000 I think 12 um, I had a tax bill that I couldn't pay and you know as an accountant <laughs> that doesn't feel really good it doesn't feel good for anybody but it, I think it feels doubly or triply not good for an accountant um, and so that's when I started implementing that's when I opened one bank account all on my own and really got to the place that I could pay I've never had a tax bill since then that I couldn't pay. Um, And beyond that, like now looking at that whole picture and really feeling confident and comfortable with money. So even even five years ago, I wouldn't say I was confident and comfortable with money. It was still a stressor. That was that lingering generational crap that I caught, right? Um, And so I've done a lot of healing work around that. And to your point where, you know, money is where money goes or goes where it is, like when I feel safe with money. I know I'm going to be blessed with more money, right? For so long, I just didn't feel safe with money. Um, and so I wasn't I wasn't easily getting more. I was having to work really, really, really hard to get more. And so I think, I mean, that's a lot of things that I would say I'm proud of, but just the confidence and the, the safety I feel around it now that has allowed me to not have the tax bills and, and all of that just... Man, if I could have figured that out when I was 16 or 18 or 22, <laughs> instead of 35 or 40, whatever it was, um, life would have been a lot different for sure. But, you know, there's still a lot to be grateful for right now, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and knowing it now, like today's the day to start, yeah. you know, and not beat ourselves up for what we didn't do, but just yeah, everything it was an experience that we get to say, Okay, this is what I'm going to do today because we get to make that change. Well, thank yeah. you so much for sharing your story and for being here. I know you have a freebie um for the audience. Tell us a little bit about that,
1: yeah. So we've done a little bit of customization of profit first. That's one of the things I love about it because, you know, it's it's
0: a pretty simple concept,
1: not always easy, but simple. And we've really tweaked it to be really specific for health and wellness professionals. Um, I've been working with them for over five years now. so, I feel like I have an idea of what's specific to them. Um, so you can go to fitforprofit.com backslash money, and you can get our overview of exactly how we help health and wellness professionals to implement Profit First
0: in their businesses. I love that. It's beautiful. Thank you so much for being here, Shannon. And for those of you listening, Check the show notes, connect with Shannon, especially if you need a a bookkeeper, profit first professional, uh, she, she may be your girl. So get into her world, send her a friend request, do all the things. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it. Hey, 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 thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it.